Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. This is your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover the news, the culture, the fails by the central bankers, the shit corners. We cover it all on this channel. Today, we have a very special episode. We have Bradley James. How are you doing, Bradley? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Bradley James is the one who's throwing the mining conference in Round Rock, Texas. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about very alarming news. A software, an open source privacy software developer was arrested in Amsterdam. And this is a continuation of the whole tornado cash saga that we were covering early on this week. We're going to talk about how I believe they're really setting a precedent. This could potentially be used to go after Bitcoin software developers in the future. We shall see. We'll talk about this. But first, how you doing, Opti? What's up, Nico? What's up, Brad? I am doing great today. It is Friday, so I'm excited. We are doing, <laughs> doing the good stuff. Anyways, let's get into this one, Nico. Let's get into it. All right, guys, this is going to be a good show. Let's do this. Time for number time. Brought to you by Noddle. They make some of the best Bitcoin nodes, like the Noddle One, the one I'm holding in my hand. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. Remember, guys, if you don't run your own node, like the Noddle, you're using someone else's. And now, if you are a digital nomad, you have no excuse because the Noddle guys just released Noddle Cloud. Run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit Noddle.eu. That's right, guys. If you don't run your own Bitcoin node, like we always say, you're trusting someone else's. Utilize Bitcoin. Bitcoin is trust minimization. That's really what it's about. Anyways, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is at $24,060 sats per dollar, also known as Moscow time, 4,156 Bitcoin block height, 749,148 reachable Bitcoin nodes, 13,600 Blocks to the happening, 90,852. Having estimate April 20th, 2024, total Lightning Network capacity, 1,391 Bitcoin, around $33 million. Hash rate, 207 exahashes, annual mining revenue. I, I, know, I know Bradley's going to like this number, $14.1 billion. Realize monetary inflation. We're going to keep saying that just to highlight how ridiculous fiat currencies are compared to Bitcoin. And that is going to get cut in half at the halving. Right now, it's at 1.79%. All coins are going to be issued August 2nd, 2137. So I actually have a really interesting video for us to kind of riff on. This is Larry Fink, and I don't know who he's talking about. Take a look at what he has to say about Bitcoin. Mind you, a couple years ago, he was saying that Bitcoin was only useful for money laundering. Look how the king makes everyone bow down. So let's take a look at what Larry Fink has to say, what he's been saying, and then we'll talk about it. Anyways, let me play the video. And now related to Bitcoin, um, one of my important investors was on one of the television shows the last few days. And he spoke about Bitcoin and two of, you know, one monetary policy, two and three COVID. Um, 
the hits on BlackRock's on our website was 3,000 on COVID, 3,000 hits on a monetary policy, and 600,000 hits on Bitcoin. So what that tells you is Bitcoin has, has, has caught the attention and the imagination of many people. Many people are fascinated about it. Many people are excited about it. But it's still untested. It's still a pretty uh, small market relative to other markets. It really, it can be, you know, we see these big giant movements every day. It's a thin market. And so can it evolve into a global market? Possibly, certainly by evidence of the imagine, imagination of so many who want to learn about it or are interested in about it, to me is a very telling sign. Another good example why understanding big data, like how many hits and all that really is a defining statement. And so we look at it as something. Looks like the video was having some issues. Anyways, um, so you have, your, you have Larry Fink. He, he is the CEO of BlackRock. BlackRock has $9 trillion on their asset sheet. And there you, you have it. You're hearing it from himself, right? There's a lot of interest in Bitcoin. Anyways, Bradley, before I pass it on to you, one of our uh, one of our viewers has a question. Enirug, sure. he's curious why you're in a field wearing a suit. What's going on there? <laughs> uh, two two reasons, and, and I'll give you the 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 sad one first. Um, I actually had a death in the family recently, so I'm up here for some family gathering and stuff. So I took a step outside. Uh, the other reason is is that. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I teach people how to build facilities, and we actually identify fields very similar to this to build facilities, drop containers. There's a substation literally 100 yards away, um, and so I figured it would be the best background for us to use rather than me being in front of a barn, you know, being up here in the middle of Wisconsin. <laughs> are, are, are you are you happy now, any rug? That's why he's wearing the suit. Are you happy now for asking that question? So yeah, uh, Bradley, we're going to talk about that. Definitely, uh, you you actually you you actually have courses and teaching people how to start up Bitcoin mining, and I think a lot of people get caught up because they they find it so difficult. And I've explained this to you guys many times, right? If you have cheap power, it's a good place to uh, mine Bitcoin, but that's the biggest hurdle, in my opinion. Bradley, correct me if you think I'm wrong. Cheap power and access to enough of it. I think is the secondary thing. So when you look at uh, power is one thing, um, the next the next challenge that a lot of people maybe in rural areas think that they don't have is good internet. Um, but there's actually people running it on uh, Elon Starlink. So stuff to think about when you're thinking about designing and building and planning all these facilities. But yeah, power is definitely the first one. Absolutely. Yeah, the, that's right. The Starlink really changed the game completely, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. I, and, and point to point wi or, uh, wireless as well. I mean, which you can run as long as you've got a clear path. So there's a lot of ways to make it work if you're creative. Absolutely. So let's kind of double back and talk about the whole Larry Fink situation. He, the turnaround, right? This is Jamie Diamond. Wow. Jamie Diamond completely did a turnaround. You have, now you have Larry Fink doing the same thing. I know Opti is the in-house, uh, the in-house Simply Bitcoin truth seeker. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Opti, you think about this, bro. Are, are you suspicious of Larry Fink? Well, I stay suspicious, so you already know that I, I, 
I, I'm not going to go down that route again, Nico, but, you know, BlackRock fudged Bitcoin for years and now they're buying. I said it all week. You know, they had to make sure that their friends can get into Bitcoin at a price that they want. So yep. what do they do? They FUD the price. So and then they pack their bags. But this is just further proof that Bitcoin incentives stay winning. So we'll just leave it at that. And furthermore, as we've been saying, you know, this opens up the door for more institutions and more, quote unquote, smart money to get in. So, hey, on one hand, I am very paranoid and skeptical. And on the other hand, it's going to be bullish. You know, Bitcoin is for anyone. And and this is just, uh, as I've been saying, like Bitcoin crossing the Rubicon into mainstream adoption. So absolutely bullish. And, and you know, like say what we want about BlackRock. And, and we had Jeff Ross on yesterday. And I love how he said it, you know, like BlackRock is the epitome of fiat and them getting into Bitcoin, you know, it's, it's nuanced. So, hey, bullish everything's good for bitcoin and we'll, bitcoin incentives stay winning so let's go bitcoin incentives stay winning that's right so i'm going to pass it back to brad brad you definitely understand incentives because you're a bitcoin miner i think bitcoin miners have a unique perspective on incentives is this bitcoin's incentives doing its thing once again another another institution and blackrock for anyone that doesn't know they they're one of the largest index funds in the world, right? Yeah. And they own a chunk of basically every public company, right? Because they're an index fund at the end of the day. I, it's it's absolutely massive that they're getting in. And you heard it from the, the man himself. You heard it from Larry Fink, right? Like, look, we uh, no one was really interested about the pandemic. No one was really interested about the supply chains. But the interest from Bitcoin was absolutely unbelievable. Is this the start of the beginning? Is this the start of the beginning? Just to give you guys a refresher, right? In the last two years alone, we've had uh, we've had public companies putting Bitcoin on its balance sheet. We've had two countries and one kind of, which is Panama, making Bitcoin legal tender. Is this just the beginning, Brad? What's going on here? Well, I think I think if you look at the global perspective, I think there's more people involved in Bitcoin outside of the US than we than we actually know, right? Like when you when you hear the stories of, of for example, Germany, Germany is very forward thinking and they're allowing for Bitcoin trading and ETFs faster than we are here in the States. And so there's a lot of different perspectives on it. But when you look globally, they're using it as a as an asset class to hedge against uh, manipulation of markets, right? And manipulation of markets are hard to do, but we see them happen. So if you're looking at something that's a decentralized commodity, right? And that's what I know uh, the commodities exchange is, you know, regulatory is trying to make it. If you look at it as a commodity, people always use commodities to hedge against fiat or fiat risk or any of those things like inflation, because commodities actually maintain valuable or ma maintain value and are usable outside of it, right? That's why gold has always been maintained as, as such, right? So from a miner's perspective, now, I've been through so many winters like this, and, and it's taken me three of them to finally get smart about it, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, and every time I come out, I've come out of the winter, the previous winter, I've gone, crap, I didn't do enough during that winter or that mm -hmm. bear market to prepare to capitalize on the opportunities that's there. And this is such a young industry that the opportunities, I can't even quantify. I can just tell you the numbers that I lost out on, which is astronomical when I think about the numbers. So... Those of you who are contemplating, hey, what do I start needing to do any of that? Now it's time to learn. Educate yourself, begin to acquire small assets, begin to acquire and learn information and knowledge about Bitcoin and how Bitcoin works. 
uh, and the benefits of Bitcoin, because you're going to be, no matter what profession you're in, at some point in 10 to 20 years, it's going to impact you. And 10 to 20 years might seem like a far way off, but I still remember being in college 15 years ago, and it doesn't seem like that far. So, uh, and that was my first foray into it. And I still regret not hanging on to the Bitcoin that I bought in college at like 30 cents a pop. So, wow. you know, those are the things that I think people need to, to contemplate and reflect on time and relativity, but also understanding that owning your own assets like Bitcoin is going to give you an advantage in the long run more so than trying to invest consistently into like index funds or indices or any of that other stuff. That's why BlackRock got in. By the way, BlackRock's also investing a ton of money into mining. So, oh, really? You, you tell me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are an index fund, right? And there, there definitely is a couple companies on the Fortune 500 that are mining companies. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Maybe that was part of the reason that they were pressured to do so. So, Brad, one of the questions that I always get is, will I get my Bitcoin back if I start mining? What does that mean? If I invest <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm just using because it's a nice round number. If I invest one Bitcoin into Bitcoin mining, I, you know, I, I find cheap power. You know, I, the infrastructure is always a bitch. But let's say theoretically the infrastructure is all, it was already there. I buy myself some miners, right? Will I get the same amount of Bitcoin that I invested in? Will I get that back? You will in a time horizon, but it depends on your time horizon, right? So the idea of mining is that rather than buying it outright on an exchange, you actually make more per dollar spent by mining than you do just by buying it in an exchange. So that's the idea around mining. The other part of it is that now you're supporting the network, right? So you're also betting on the fact that the appreciation of the value of Bitcoin is going to go up the more on the demand side happens rather than just the supply side. Keep in mind, the supply side seems large to us because the three of us on here, we're used to it. But when you look at, I mean, and you heard it, in, heard it in that video, it's still very early on. The supply side, the mining infrastructure needed to support the network still has to grow a significant amount in order to support the whole network for the next, when's the last Bitcoin being mined? 2140? 2130 something. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's still a hundred years to get to that point. And if you think about the adoption cycles, like I always talk about credit card adoption. If we remember... Uh, back in the day where you had to do the carbon like swipe thing and then mail it in, the adoption time to get it to where now where we're just swiping and it's in seconds, that's 30, 40 years to get to that point. This is moving at a much higher pace and a much higher clip where now you're looking at mining. Mining is necessary to maintain this network. I mean, that's where all the processing power is coming from. So in credit cards, they aggregated all the servers, right? American Express owns a bunch of servers. Visa owns a bunch of servers. This is the first time it's decentralized, and that's why you're, you're also able to get less and more people are able to get, uh, you're able to get more and more people are involved in the mining aspect of it. So you have to dive into why it makes sense from just the benefits standpoint. I mean, for me to go buy shares in Amex or Visa or any of those, I'm going to spend it and I'm not going to get back what I, what I want. But in mining, you will over the course of time, especially right now. So new machines, if you look at new machines, New machines, they're betting on it's about a 12 to 18 month time horizon for you to make back what you spent. Okay. The challenge is, is that with the ups and downs, for example, if you go buy machines now and you know it's going to bump right before the happening in 2024, 
guess what? The value of Bitcoin is going to go up. You're going to get it back at a faster rate by investing in some infrastructure and mining gear now than when it's going up on that high clip. So things to think about when you're making those, those are business decisions, right? And you have to be make smart business decisions, not buy at the peak, right? When people were buying units at 12,000 and then it began to dive down a dip and now they're going, how am I going to get that back? And they're betting on the fact that it's going to go up or they're selling their equipment at a loss, which is why you have to use bear markets or recessions or slowdowns, whatever you're calling this, as a time to take those assets that you've accumulated and reinvest them because the rate of return in the long run is going to be better than if you're buying it at the peak, right? The psychology of buying and selling is always people buy at the peaks and they sell at the valleys. The smart people buy at the valleys and sell at the peaks. So those are things that you have to make sure you're understanding when it comes to mining, just like any other investment. Yeah, exactly. You definitely don't want to, you know, be buying Bitcoin miners at the the peak of Bitcoin, then you're going to get absolutely wrecked. Uh, abso that's absolutely true. Anyways, let's move on. We're going to talk about Bradley's uh, Bradley's conference in the news, and then he has to run. His his secretary told me that he could only stay for 20 minutes, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about the big bombshell today of the software the the software develop being developer being arrested in Amsterdam. What the implications are of that? So, anyways, let's get to the news. It's time for the daily news brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make some of the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch like the famous 3D printed Bitcoin grenade toy it comes in any custom color your heart desires. That's right. You want a Peter Schiff colors? Yeah, it comes in gold and you can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 5% off. If you're in Europe, the European store is now open. Check out CryptoCloaks.com today. All right. So Brad. This is your conference is the mining conference 2022. I remember I was talking to you about this and it's a little bit different than how other people are doing mining conferences. So what's it about? Who would want to go there? Is it is it noob friendly? Is it is it friendly for people that are just getting into the industry? Maybe they just want to set up a miner at home. Oh, he dropped out. So looks like we're going to have to cover something else while he comes back. Let's do that. All right, moving on to, here we go. We live in this. We live yeah, in this. Yeah, we live in this. It's all good. I prepared. All right. So, oh, <laughs> Brad's back. All right, Brad's yeah. back. We're going to go back to what we were covering. We're going to go back to the conference. I apologize, guys. We're doing it live. Live is a little bit different. All right. So, Brad, this is the Mining 2022. It is hosted in Round Rock, Texas. Yes. Talk to me about who this conference is for, who would yep. enjoy going there, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So, uh, yeah, just so those of you who don't know, Round Rock is about the side of Austin. Uh, we're really working to target a lot of people who are already in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin mining specifically. Uh, so if you're, if you're running a facility, or you're a technician at a facility or you're somebody who's a risk provider, those are the people who are going to be there. Um, the other group of people who are coming in is if you're new to mining, all right, one of the biggest that uh, I faced when I got into mining back in 2015 and then began building at-scale facilities in 2017, there's a learning curve, right? Um, people wonder, you know, how can you build something? Well, ton of information out there. So we at this conference are really focused on the tactile information. So those who are attending 
are going to leave with tactical information that they can go and take the time to implement when they get home, literally the next day. So we will have uh, business coaches there who help start these. We're going to have existing people there to help start these. We're going to have electricians, uh, transformers, suppliers, all that stuff, and technical staff. Um, what people don't realize is that once the capacity is there in this industry, this still has to be maintained and managed. So if you're an electrician, if you're a network architect, if you're an IT guy, if you if you run a small service shop repairing computers and you're like, hey, how do I make more money? Learn how to repair Bitcoin mining equipment and you're going to learn really quickly that there's a massive market out there. So that's who we're working with and targeting for this event. I mean, so much so that we're, we're, we're working on, we're, we're going to be telling people about all of the speakers that are coming in. I mean, the main players will be there. Bitmain's going to be there. Foreman's going to be there. Uh, you know, we've got Brains is coming. All those companies are, do, are going to do demonstrations, workshops, and teach frameworks. Uh, so much so that a number of them are actually doing launches at the event. So if you're like, hey, you're always the one who wants to be on the cutting edge, this will be the chance for you to be at that event as well. Um, and really, the point of this is to make it the annual event where you're coming to learn. So it's not just an expo with a stage where they're doing panels and sales pitches. No, you're going to leave with actual materials. Uh, some of our presenters are actually leaving their books. So you're going to come, you're going to sit through the presentation, and then you're going to get a free book. I mean, those are the types of things that when you come to an event like ours, it's going to seem very different because it's not just schmoozing and deals. You're actually going to make connections and then go sit at an event learn from somebody and then go, hey, how do we implement this when we get home? And then knowing that question, go and approach that speaker, ask that question, and they're going to share framework with you so that you can deploy it literally the next day. Uh, that to me is super powerful because the information in this industry is still shrouded in uh, tech speak and fog because people still don't want you to know all their secrets sauce. Um, and we we're making it very much, you have to share some of the secret sauce if you're speaking on our stages. And you know what? Everybody's happy to do it. They've never been asked. So we're asking and they're more than happy to do it. I mean, when you talk to Bitmain and their team, they're like, really, you want us to teach? They don't assume that, that anybody wants that. And so we're saying, no, look, help us fill the talent gap, help us teach people, help us grow and stabilize the entire Bitcoin mining network by adding more people who are intelligent, knowledgeable, and able to implement the things rather than just sitting back and going, ooh, that's magic internet money being made, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so that, that's, that's really, really awesome. Um, it, it sounds like to me like this conference is the conference to go if you are, you, you're, you're getting into Bitcoin mining, you're curious how to set it up, this is the place to this is the place to go. Not only you're going to learn, you're also going to make the necessary connections, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this yeah. this sounds really awesome, uh, Brad. We're going to put a link down below, guys, and you could check our Twitter as well. We'll, we'll go ahead. If you, uh, I did put together a promo code for you guys. So if you go to the oh. site and then you purchase and you type in simply Bitcoin, uh, your viewers will get twenty percent off of their tickets. Awesome. I think it's twenty twenty percent. Sounds right to me. Awesome. I think that's what so, I said. You, you heard it there, guys. I, I, I also I think I, I remember you hearing, Brad, that Simply Bitcoin might be broadcasting from the mining conference. We shall see. It's a secret. Um, but yeah, you could take advantage of the promo code. I'm going to pull up the website one more time so you guys could check it out. 
It's called the Mining Conference. It, it does beat around the bush. It, the names isn't hidden. The Mining Conference 2022, Round Rock, Texas, October 5th through the 7th. Bradley, thank you so much for coming on Simply Bitcoin. Why don't you tell everybody where they could find you? Appreciate you. Uh, if you want to find me, you can go um, literally on all the socials. It's excuse me, socials. It's uh, BJ James 23 or search for the Mining Conference. It'll pop up. Um, if you're looking for other resources, you can go to miningwithbrad.com. We've got a plethora of, of tools there and resources, whether it's Build a Mine Bootcamp, it's uh, the Microminery Club, where we're, we're running experts every single week doing workshops virtually for you, uh, or if you're just looking for supplies. I mean, that's we're trying to build a trusted, vetted community uh, to help people make better decisions about growing their, their microminery or their mining business. Awesome. Well, yeah. I, I brought on guy. I brought on Brad guys because I thought you'd find it interesting. I get a lot of questions like, "How do you start mining?" This is your guy. Go give him a follow on Twitter. Go visit the mining conference. You could take advantage of the promo code Simply Bitcoin to get twenty percent off your tickets. Anyways, Brad, thank you so much for coming on the show. Take care. Appreciate you. Take care. Bye. All right, guys. So we are going to move on to what is going on in the peaceful revolution governments are taking it up a notch why are they taking it up a notch because they're losing control on the monopoly of money before i get into this i'm actually going to read a passage from the sovereign individual that is really appropriate to this let's check it out this is a quote from the book it says lacking their accustomed scope to tax and inflate governments even in traditionally civilized countries will turn nasty as income becomes uncollectible older and more arbitrary methods of extraction will resurface Businesses that offer services that facilitate the realization of autonomy by individuals will be subject to infiltration, sabotage, and disruption. Very, very fitting for what's going on. Anyways, let's check this out. This was a press release by the police or you know the law enforcement equivalent in the Netherlands. Let's check it out. Arrest of suspected developer of Tornado Cash on Wednesday, 10th August. On Wednesdays, that's weird. On Wednesday, the 10th of August, the FIOD arrested a 29 year old man in Amsterdam. He is suspected of involvement in concealing criminal financial flows and facilitating money laundering, the mixing of cryptocurrencies through the decentralized Ethereum mixing service Tornado Cash. Multiple arrests are not ruled out. These advanced technologies, such as centralized organizations that may facilitate money laundering extra attention from the FIOD. Also in the cryptocurrency do domain, the FIOD stands for a safe financial Netherlands and investigates with effect and impact. Today, the subject, the subset, the sub, the suspect is brought before the examining judge. Sounds, sounds like, okay, you know, they're, they're protecting us from crime. It's not too bad, but you really have to understand they're actually banning what it what it is that they're actually arresting this individual for. And I'm going to double back to this uh, this this article by Coin Center. Coin Center is the lobbying arm of the Bitcoin and shitcoin industry in Washington D.C. And they have a really they did a really good job in summarizing what the danger was of the U.S. government banning a or sorry sanctioning a technology versus an individual and then i'm going to get back to the arrest i actually touched upon this earlier on the week but again this was a this was a developing story it was it was it was it was a sanctioned website sanctioned technology now they're actually arresting open source developers it's, it's gotten to that part anyways how adding tornado.cash to the ssdn list different from past ofac actions 
A smart contract is a robot, not a person. It is software that resides on the Ethereum blockchain. If a contract is credibly decentralized, then the original authors of the contrast could be hit by a bus. The service would continue to work. As such, today's action does not seem so much a sanction against a person entity with agency. It appears instead to be the sanctioning of a tool that is neutral in, char neutral in character and that could be put to good or bad uses like any other technology it is not any specific bank sanction but instead it is all americans who may wish to use this automated tool in order to protect their own privacy while transacting online who are having their ability their liberty curtailed without the benefit of due process Sh sanctioning a tool is not an alias of any person Meriting sanction is substantially different from typical usage of the SDN list. It is a ban on technology and not a sanction against a person. So they arrested this for developing an open source technology. And at the end of the day, what is code? Code is text. They arrested him for writing text. And that is how scared they are of what is happening. That is where we are in the movie anyways fact suspects that through the through tornado cash uh through tornado cash has been used to conceal large-scale criminal money flows including from thefts of cryptocurrencies these include funds stolen through hacks by a group believed to be associated with north korea that's the excuse tornado cash started in 2019 and according to fact it has it has since achieved a turnover of at least seven billion dollars investigations showed that at least $1 billion worth of crypto origin passed through the mixer. So the other $6 billion, the majority, had nothing to do with crime. But again, they used the North Koreans as an excuse to ban the rest of the technology that wasn't used for crime. This is the equivalent of banning guns and saying guns are going to be used for crime. Well, guns are just a tool. It's people that do the crime. And all these things that they're listing about money laundering was already a crime anyways. Anyways, since Monday 8th, August, 20, uh, August 2022, Tornado Cash has been placed by the U.S. government on the OFAC sanctions list of America. And here's Gigi has this awesome post that says, Friendly reminder that this is a valid Bitcoin transaction. According to some governments, this should get you arrested. That's it. In China... This will get you arrested. 12 words in your head does not make you a criminal. And that's why we released an episode and uh, an article earlier on this week. I said that the fight for free speech is the fight for Bitcoin. If, if free speech is not allowed, Bitcoin, money, transactions, that is a form of speech. And what they're trying to do here is that they're trying to set a precedent. They're trying to say that specific open source technologies can be used for criminal activity. Therefore, that justifies us, the state, to ban those technologies outright. What type of technology is Bitcoin? What type of software is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is an open source technology. How long until the OFAC says, if you don't run a specific Bitcoin software that's compliant with the U.S. sanction list, you are, you're, you're, you're breaking the sanction policy. You're committing a crime because you want to use an open monetary network, the most inclusive the world has ever seen, 
one that can't be debased or the commodity in a Bitcoin can't be debased, can't be easily confiscated. We, the U.S. government, are determining who you have the right to transact with and who you, you don't have the right to transact with. This is a really dangerous precedent. And this is the opening salvo in the fight for Bitcoin. This is just the beginning. They, that's always what they do. They start with the little fingernail and then it's a finger. And before you know it, it's a hand. And before you know it, it's an arm. This is how it starts. It must be called to attention. You must form a ruckus about this on Twitter. It must be called out for what it is. Absolute bullshit. This is the slow creep of totalitarian control. That's what this is, without a doubt in my mind. And the North Koreans is what they use. That is the excuse. That is the justification for banning a piece of software. And if they ban a piece of software, a technology that is neutral, they even admitted it themselves. The majority of the transactions that was that the majority of transactions that went through Tornado Cash were legit. They were they were fine. They were legal. But it doesn't matter. A small portion of them were illegal. Therefore, we just might we have to ban all this. It has nothing to do with safety. It has no, nothing to do with financial stability like the government always says. This has to do with exactly what the sovereign individual passage said. Businesses that offer services that facilitate the realization of autonomy by individuals will be subject to infiltration, sabotage, and disruption. That's what this is about. They're losing power and they're attempting to keep it. Opti, what's up, brother? Well, I'm just going to echo what any rug said in the chat, man. This shit is just so wrong. And like the precedent that this is setting for all open source developers is just, it's insane that the authoritarians are, are reaching this far. But I think this is just further proof of what we've been saying on our show for forever, that the powers that be have lost control and they're finding any way possible to try to claw back that control. But this is very obvious, at least to me, a violation of our First and Fourth Amendment. I know this is in the Netherlands and they don't have the same uh, constitution that we do, but the precedent that is being set here is, is absolutely insane. Bitcoin is speech. Bitcoin is just a database. Bitcoin is just software. It's code. Like This is, should be protected under the First Amendment, but... As we know, the powers that be will do whatever they can to try to stop the exit door. They, they will try to regulate Bitcoin in, in any way possible. But I think this is just further proof of what we've been saying, that we are definitely in the then they fight you stage. This is just their roundabout way of trying to not, not uh, call attention to a full all-out war on us. But it's very obvious to me, just being this close to... to the media, legacy media, and covering the news that they definitely want to FUD Bitcoin. They definitely want to stop the masses from escaping their system and going into Bitcoin. So they first FUD it, and now they are going to try to stop anyone from using it and, and furthermore, stop the devs from, from you know, writing open source code. But this is what cypherpunks do. Cypherpunks write code and... I know it's not going to stop anything. People will just build better tools, but the precedent that's being set here by, by the authoritarians is, is absolutely insane. And 
it, it's really atrocious that they could try to overstep this much and, you know, like say what you will about it being on ETH and what have you. But, you know, if, if this spreads out into Bitcoin developers, like, man, we are in for a fight and, and this is just the beginning. So we better buckle up out there. I hope you guys, uh, you know, are putting in your reps and, and getting strong mentally and physically because shit is about to hit the fan. And, and I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it's very obvious to me that, you know, we are in the then they fight you stage. So, you know, absolutely. We, we just got to be prepared. 100%. This is the separation of money and state. Do you think this was going to be easy? Look how bloody the separation of church and state was. This is absolutely no different. Um, any rug has a comment that says, screw ETH, but all that kid was trying to do is innovate within the open source ecosystem. Yeah, don't, don't, and I get it because a lot of you guys are, are maxis, so are we, but it has nothing to do with ETH, right? ETH is a shit coin. We've, we, we dedicate a lot of episodes to, you know, establishing that fact, but it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, this is some kid, fine, he's writing open source for a shit coin, fine, but it still doesn't change the fact that they arrested him for writing code. They arrested him for writing speech. That's literally what they arrested him for. And that is really scary stuff. That's where we are. And I suspect it will continue to escalate. And what you could do as an individual, as a sovereign individual, is you could take Bitcoin into self-custody, run your own node, minimize trust when it comes to your finances. And that way, you know, you're going to protect yourself on, from whatever comes. And at the end of the day, I think we could just all go to El Salvador anyways. Anyways, Opti, use your own node. That's right. It's time for the Daily Fail. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best place to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. They incentivize dollar cost averaging spread out that risk layer into bitcoin use it as a savings technology rather than speculation check out swanbitcoin.com today check out swan bitcoin also check out pacific bitcoin it's going to be the largest bitcoin conference on the west coast november 10th to the 11th in san angeles california speaker list includes Corey clipston jeff booth dylan leclerc pierre richard mark moss alex Gladstein, Guy Swan, many, many more. Guys, you could take advantage of the Simply Bitcoin promo code simply to get 10% off your tickets to Pacific Bitcoin. What do we have today, Opti? Oh, God. All right. All right. Oh, so, God. Isn't this yes, old news? Yes, but I, I, wanted news? To, I wanted to lay some context here for, for the fail today. So this is old news, guys, just, just to lay some context here. This is the Washington Times. Of course, you remember the Disinformation Government Board, or as we like to call it on Twitter, Biden's Ministry of Truth. And then just to keep going, guys, remember that they disbanded the Disinformation board or the ministry of truth so i really like this article title here by forbes the disinformation governance board is dead here's the right way to fight disinformation and if you look at the date this is may 18th 2022 and the first one was may 2nd 2022 well yesterday yes yesterday we got this post by Disclose TV, and it goes, New, Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum proposes to automate censorship of hate speech and disinformation with AI-fed by subject matter experts. So, 
Let's get into this article and let's just see how they are going to try to reinstate, quote unquote, the Ministry of Truth. They aren't going to do it officially because that isn't going to work. And like Nico told you guys on the show when we covered this, they aren't going to stop doing this. They are just going to try to find a new way to control the narrative. Hence, this is what we've been telling you guys for weeks and months and probably years now that they are just out here in full force trying to control the narrative as we just covered in the news. So let's get into this. I And I might do some more reading than usual. I do have another fail, but if we go too long, it is what it is. I really want to cover this article and, uh, and explain the insane thinking they have over here. So you can see the article title goes, The Solution to Online Abuse, AI Plus Human Intelligence. And I really like this PSA that they have here in the beginning because remember when I covered the UNESCO hashtag think before spreading fail about how you should fight uh, disinformation. I'll, I'll leave it like that. Anyway, this PSA. Readers, please be aware that this article has been shared on websites that routinely misrepresent content and spread information. We ask you to take note the following. The content of this article is the opinion of the author. This girl, Imbal Goldberger. Uh, VP of Trust and Safety, and not the World Economic Forum. Uh, she is actually a World Economic Forum member, so take that as you will. Second, please read this piece for yourself, which we are going to do. The forum is committed to publishing a wide array of voices and misrepresenting content only diminishes open conversations. So I think they're talking about us personally, but uh, let's literally read their words and then we will discuss this. So with 63% of the world's population online, the internet is a mirror of society. It speaks all languages, contains every opinion, and hosts a wide range of quote-unquote sometimes unsavory individuals. I think she's talking about you, Bitcoin maxis out there. Anyways, as the internet, so has the dark world of online harms. Trust and safety teams, the team's typically found within online platforms responsible for removing abusive content are challenged by an ever-growing list of abuses. You can read them. I, I, I don't know if I can read them on YouTube. <laughs> but anyways, the solution, however, is not as simple as hiring another room full of content moderators or building yet another block list. Without a profound familiarity with different types of abuses and understanding of hate group verbiage, fluency in terrorist language, and nuanced comprehension of disinformation campaigns, trust and safety teams can only scratch the surface. A more sophisticated is required. And as you can see, they are looking to find near-perfect precision in this AI disinformation thing by uniquely combining the power of innovative technology off-platform intelligence collection and the prowess of subject matter experts who understand how to threat actors operate scale detection of online abuse can reach near perfect position so while the internet played a vital role in how these events were perceived other changes like the radicalization of extreme opinions the spread of misinformation and the wide reach of uh <laughs> I'm not going to read that. I've been enabled by it. This has resulted in a new slang. New methodologies are employed, such as using link shorteners to hide a reference to a disinformation website and online abuse tactics, such as off-platform coordination of attacks on minorities. And they have a nice little chart here about, you know, pretty much you guys out there. We're in this, most of us are probably in this age group of 18 to 29 years, years old. And how much you guys have experienced harassment online? Man, you, you know, all these bad names and it's, what's uh, what they used to tell us, you know, um, 
Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. <laughs> I think we forgot a few things. Anyways, as you can see, traditional methods aren't enough. The basis of most harmful content detection methods is AI. This powerful technology relies on massive training sets to quickly identify volatile behaviors at scale. While providing speed and scale, it also lacks content. This lack of context may lead to over-moderating, limiting free speech on online platforms, or under-moderating, which is a risk to user safety. In contrast to AI, human moderators and subject matter experts can detect nuanced online abuse and understand many languages and cultures. This precision, however, is limited by the analyst-specific area of expertise. This limited focus means that for human moderators to be effective, they must be part of a large, robust team. The thousands of moderators tasked with keeping abhorrent content offline must witness it themselves, placing them at high risk of mental illness and traumatic disorders. Oh, man. Bad words. Too many bad words on the internet. We must protect you for your safety. Anyways, the trust and safety intelligence solution to detect online abuse. To achieve proactivity, trust and safety teams must understand that abusive content doesn't start and stop on their platforms. Before reaching mainstream platform, threat actors congregate in the darkest corners of the web to define new keywords, share URLs to resources, and discuss new dissemination tactics at length. These secret places where terrorists hate groups uh, CPs and information agents freely communicate can provide a trove of information for teams seeking to help keep their users safe. It sounds like uh, they're infiltrating these groups, guys, wink, wink, or maybe they are part of these groups, wink, wink. Anyways, banking and intelligence, we've established that the standard process of AI algorithms for scale and human moderators for precision doesn't adequately balance scale, novelty, and nuance. We've also established that off-platform intelligence collecting can provide context and nuance, but not scale and speed. To overcome the barriers of traditional detection methodologies, we propose a new framework. Rather than relying on AI to detect at scale and humans to review edge cases, an intelligence-based approach is crucial. By bringing human multi-language off-platform intelligence to learning sets, AI will then be able to detect nuanced novel online abuses at scale before they reach mainstream platforms. Interesting, interesting. Supplementing this smarter automated detection with human expertise to review edge cases and identify false positives and negatives and then feeding those findings back into training sets will allow us to create AI with human intelligence baked in. This more intelligent AI gets more sophisticated with each moderation decision, eventually allowing near-perfect detention detection at scale. You can see on this chart here, the intelligence fueled approach to content moderation. They got intelligence collected from millions of sources. Their training sets is fed to the AI. And then these edge findings are, are fed to subject matter experts. And it's a feedback loop that, that they, you know, iterate on. And then they identify high risk items and they remove content, warning labels or other actions. The outcome, the lag between the advent of novel abuse tactics and when AI can detect them is what allows online abuse to proliferate. Incorporating intelligence into the content moderation process allows team to significantly reduce the time between when new online abuse methods are introduced and when AI can detect them. In this way, trust and safety teams can stop threats rising online before they reach users. Ah, oh, man. Anyways, Nico, I bring all this up because, as you guys know, I am the in-house propagandist over here at Simply Bitcoin, and I love seeing when the powers that be drop their own propaganda and they try to spin it in a way to make you feel like you are 
being protected. Like they are doing this for your safety because man, all those mean words on the internet, it's, it's bad for your mental health. It, you know, you're, you're so weak, lily livered people out there that you cannot deal with mean words on the internet. It's not like they've ever heard about mute buttons or block buttons. I don't know. Anyways, what does this mean to me? It's like I set in the context of this before I went into the article. In my opinion, what is happening here, this is them simply releasing PR so that they can do what we said they would do, that they would find ways to make sure that the Ministry of Truth could continue to control the narrative. And this is why we show up every single day, because we have to counter these ridiculous propaganda pieces. And they even had the, the PSA at the beginning about that the um, people like us, alternative media sources, would, would uh, take their articles out of context and spread misinformation based on their own words. And guys, I literally read you what they said and it sounds exactly what we've been saying for a long time, that they are trying to control the speech. They are going to use quote unquote experts and AI to make sure that they can better and faster um, clamp down on false speech and false thinking. So if you are a wrong thinker out there, which I am pretty sure you would be classified as one because you are a Bitcoiner, you are a psychopath, illiterate Bitcoiner out there, and you are super toxic and saying mean words on the internet. They want to control how you think and furthermore, the information that gets to you. Guys, if you can't get access to free information, how else are you going to know the truth? And like we said in the news portion, they are also trying to stop you from freedom of speech. So they are trying to eliminate your, your right to speak freely and furthermore, your right to gather information freely. T like, is this not just 1984 Big Brother stuff happening in real time? And then, and then they're trying to spin this like, we, like we're the crazy ones making stuff up. This is your words, Klaus Schwab. This is your words, World Economic Forum. You guys want to control the narrative and make sure that the right thinking gets cleared up before it hits mainstream platforms. Like this is absolutely atrocious. And, and I say it all the time. This is why we do this show because we have to counter this narrative because if it's not us, then who? Legacy media is bought and paid for. So we come here every day showing you the receipt of what their propaganda is going to do. And remember guys, you guys are all propagandists, whether you like that word or not, you guys are propagating means and propagating the truth and pushing the signal out there so other people can get it. Anyways, Nico, Am I the crazy one? Am I reading into this? Because I know you always got to pull me back, but man, this is crazy. Dude, not, at, not at all, man. Not at all. Like, it, it, you know what? It, it, the reason it sounds so crazy, because it is crazy. But we're living through, I, I love this quote. It goes something like, there's decades that nothing happened, and then there's years that decades happen. And we're living through that. We're living through a fourth turning right now. Um, and yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. It, dude, look, they deep platformed a sitting president, whether you agree with his politics or not. They, you know, the 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 Hunter Biden laptop thing, right? They just took that off of Twitter. Again, whether you agree with the politics or not or irrelevant, the fact that they're doing that is insane. Um then you have, you know, the the deep platform of anybody who talked about the pandemic, not not, you know, 
talking among the party line, right? They deplatformed anybody who, remember, you were called a conspiracy theorist at one point if you were pointing out that there was inflation, that there was a recession. They're redefining things. And the reason that you're seeing this push by, by the World Economic Forum is because what they're trying to do is that they're trying to centralize information again and again, and they only want the so-called credentialed fact-checkers to have the final say. And the internet is literally throwing a wrench in their plans because it gives everybody the ability, the ability to communicate directly to each other. I know I'm matrixing, matrixing, seeing right now. I don't know what's going on. Let me you let look, me try lowering to me. down. It looks clear to me. I don't I don't know. You look. Let me try. There we go. I lowered down the definition. Let's see if that that helps a little bit. But yeah, no, they're right now it's clear what's happening, right? They are losing their monopoly on information and they don't know what to do about it. They have absolutely no idea what to do about it. So what are they trying to they're trying to do? They're trying to censor and they're trying to say, you, you dirty peasant, you dirty deplorable, you can't think for yourself. You need this so-called expert who's bought and paid for, who was absolutely taken to school by the decentralized hive mind of the internet. And of course, they can't have it. So yeah, you have attempts by by the European Union. Also, they want to you know stop disinformation. You have an attempt by the World Economic Forum in the United States. Thank God for free speech, right? They tried. You could never have imagined this in this country. They tried. To the current administration tried to pass uh, in the Department of Homeland Security, which is a police, it's a law enforcement agency, to have a disinformation board. And the lady that was heading that disinformation board got caught using disinformation. So again, it, it's not about disinformation. That's the marketing term. It's about the fact that the, the establishment, the powers that be, want you to believe a certain thing. And if you talk against that, you are othered, you are deplatformed, right? Think about what has happened in the last two, three, four years. Put the politics aside. The politics are irrelevant. And the reason we cover this is because the fight for free speech is the fight for Bitcoin. And it's already coming now. They just developed an open source software developer because he wrote a piece of text that the establishment did not like. And why is this all happening? I'm going to write an article about it. What we're witnessing, what we're all living through right now, we're living through the disintermediation of information, which is what the internet and social media did. And we're also living through the disintermediation of money. Governments no longer have a monopoly on the gatekeepers of information, and they no longer have a monopoly on the creation of money. And this is them short-circuiting, trying to keep that power that's slipping through their fingers. And that is the fight for our time. That is the fight that we're in for. If we win... Humanity will have a freedom renaissance, the world, the which has never existed in, in human history. That's something that we'll continue fighting like hell for. But anyways. Hold on, hold on. Before we, some... we go, you need some. That's some bars right there. I just got the shivers. But I think we got to move on. Let's get to the memes. Yep, let's get to the memes. Time for it. The Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. It's stories, articles, comics by actual Bitcoiners. It's artwork for volume 10. 
This is the artwork for Volume 11, and this is the artwork for Volume 2. Volume 2 is almost sold out because there's only a thousand physical copies made per volume. Get your prints of Citadel 21 today before they run out. Let's go, All guys. Right. All right, so before we go, remember to put your meme review score in the YouTube chat, and we will read them at the end of our meme review. Of course, Nico, of course I had to put this one in considering I am the in-house true seeker. So, shouts out to Dreaming Bitcoin, and he goes, as of this morning, and there's a picture, and it's a guy holding a little meat sandwich or some snacks, and it says, your Bitcoin, and then a crazy dog face in his black rock. <laughs> I love this one. I love this one. And then furthermore, of course, back to me being the in-house true seeker, shouts out to Ultra Solomon or Solomon Ultra. And this is like in meme form. Remember, we always say memes paint uh, a picture. What's it? Paint a story in a single picture of a thousand words or whatever the meme is. You already know the meme within the meme. Anyways, he goes, was Larry using his BlackRock CEO position to FUD Bitcoin all along? Now that the normies sold thinking Bitcoin was bad for the grass, our evil villain Larry steps in with mountains of cash. And he's got <laughs> Kermit the Frog down here goes, so BlackRock said Bitcoin is bad for the environment for over a year. Now they want to buy it at a four-year low. Kermit drinking tea, but what do I know? What do we know? We are just plebs out here with uh, Bloomberg's accounts. And we're, you know, we're following uh, misinformation sites and uh, we're just seeking truth. We are just truth seekers. What do we know? Anyways, this one's by Brecky Von Bitcoin. He goes, when you've seen the shitcoin scans before and you know better, and it's a cat that is not phased by the laser pointer, and then all the noob shitcoiners getting wrecked, going this way and that way, chasing the laser, but the Bitcoin maxi is unfazed. And then this, this one, considering the news today, I thought this one was very fitting. I'm pretty sure you guys have all seen Inglorious Bastard, a great movie. And this one's by Bitcoin Q&A, and he goes, you're holding privacy devs under your flowboards, aren't you? A play on that famous scene at the beginning of that movie. Great, great meme. Next, this one is absolutely hilarious, and I, I literally looked this up to make sure it wasn't a fake news story, but this one's by Heck Manatee, and he goes, we have a new contender for funniest headline of the year. And it says, stop putting laser eyes in Joe Biden's eyes. And they're, they're trying to make this, uh, I think they're trying to make this into something it isn't. But I looked it up, guys. And yes, this is an actual article. Uh, I don't know if I want to link this, but you can look it up for yourself. And then next, this week, we of course got the IRS news about them getting 87,000 new agents. Plus the other news about them buying a whole bunch of weapons. So we got this uh, meme by being libertarian. It goes, gamers eagerly awaiting the release of Call of Duty IRS Auditor. <laughs> it's a Babylon B post, but it's a great meme. Call of Duty IRS Auditor, and he's got two freaking semi-autos. That sounds like a fun game, not gonna lie. Anyways, on the same point, this one's by Rothmus, and this <laughs> is the... Uh, what is this? Always sunny meme. Um, I, I'm literally blanking right now on Danny DeVito. And it goes, IRS is Danny DeVito. And it goes, so anyways, I started blasting. I know you guys know that, that message or that meme right there. So my score for today, guys, I know you guys are concerned about Nico's Black Book of Secrets. But look, I got Opti's awesome book here that i got at the bitcoin mag 
conferences. The future has arrived. It's just not evenly distributed yet. And look at all these cool stickers I got here at the conference. Fix the money, fix the world, Bitcoin, applied anarchism. And of course, the Pepe the Frog meme with Bitcoin eyes. You can barely see it. And shouts out to our boys over at Bitcoin Company. Love you, Benz. Anyways, Nico, what's your the score? Benz. The Benz. Yeah, shout out to the Bitcoin Company. Awesome company. Um, anyways, uh, dude, I was going to give it my black book of secrets, but I've already given it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give it the back of my black book of secrets and look, it has a little thing that I can close my journal with and can't open. Can't open. That's called security. Anyways, that is the, that is, this is the original, this is the original hardware wallet. <laughs> anyways. Guys, we want to know, what would you give those memes? Drop your score in the chat. Make Opti and I feel uncomfortable while reading the score. ZLogic says, whoa, classy camo Pepe. Any rug says, I'll give these a bar of surf wax. You're quoting it, so did it come from somebody? And Bitcoin Becca says, the Bitcoin Becca says, or sorry, Andrew. Nope. We are on this I one. Here we go. Maxi. The black books are multiplying. This is true. This is true. All right, moving down. We got Bitcoin Becca. She says, I give those memes my black book with a pleb underground post, sticker on it. Woo! Post or it's a LARP, Becca. Post or it's a LARP. Extemo says, I give it a doctor's appointment business card. BTC Pin says, I give those memes some corn, and I love corn. <laughs> Fumble says, I give it sailors left balls. <laughs> oh, man. Logo says, I love corn. Anyways, this, this is a g- <laughs> yeah, those are good scores. Anyways, guys, join our awesome Telegram group. The link is down below where you could link us some memes to review on the Bitcoin meme review. We also stream live on rumble.com and our personal favorite, bitcointv.com. If they start plucking Bitcoiners off of YouTube, off of the mainstream platforms, you will always find us on Bitcoin TV. We will be there, rain or shine, Monday through Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Anyways, there was an op- nope, there wasn't a software release, but I'm going to play the software release because it kind of is a, it's an update. It's a software update. Anyways, let's check it out. Bitcoin software release. Uh, I, All right, before I, I get it over uh, here, before Nico, I get, let me put it up and then uh, you can cover it. Yeah, before I get to that, I also want to give a shout out to our awesome, awesome sponsor, partner, CypherSafe.io. Don't store your seed on paper. Paper is what it's not. It's it's you can get it wet. It will destroy the paper. You could also catch it on fire. A dog could eat it. Storing your Bitcoin seed and your generational wealth on paper is not a good idea, which is why you have to store it on steel. And there's no better steel than the cipher safe. Get yourself a cipher wheel or a cipher grid. Protect your future. Put your Bitcoin seed on steel. Anyways, Opti, what do we have for today? Hold on. Let me zoom this in. Uh, Well, guys, apparently 
we got another data leak involving another third-party vendor. This is, I, I think, actually, Opt, I'll, I'll take it. I'll All take right. it, Opti. Don't worry. Um, so I think, actually, this had to do with the same one. Um, oh, yes. So this is Casa. Um, Casa is an app. It's used for multi-sig. And they had another data leak, right? And this is following Swan's data leak, data leak earlier on in the week. Uh, apparently, both companies didn't have any important information. However, big however. Oh, wow. Hold on a second. Look at, look at that. Look at that for CASA. What information was disclosed? So this was a lot worse than the Swan. This was a lot worse than the Swan. This was your first and last name, email address, phone number, shipping address, billing address. Oof. That is bad. That is really, really bad. Um, why is this bad? Look, I, I like so I like Casa's product. However, um, at the end of the day, what are they for? They're they're literally the purpose of of Casa is to help you secure your Bitcoin. And now, with this leak, people have your first, your last name, and your physical address. So a company that was supposed to protect you from a $5 rent attack leaked your physical address. If you bought from the Casa store, I don't know what that means. They, it's like so, they had a store on their, on their website where they were selling like the Casa node and, and, you know, like merch and all that stuff. So, man, so apparently it wasn't for the multi-sig stuff, but still, man, still, what if you're like, fine, you, you have a random name, right? But what if what if you're like a well-known person? That that's rough, man. You have a well-known person, you're trying to up your security, you buy you go from the Casa store, you buy yourself a hardware wallet on the Casa store. And now someone knows your address, man. Like that is rough. That is that is uh that is rough because that is the purpose of of what it is you're trying to do. And on the same week, of course, you know, you have Swan. Swan's wasn't even, it wasn't as bad, right? But this is uh, two Bitcoin companies in the same week, man. It's rough stuff, rough stuff. Now, obviously, the bright side of this is that I guarantee you they're definitely going to, you know, improve some things security-wise. Hopefully, you know, to stop the reliance on third parties, but who am I? I don't run a company. Um, so they're definitely trying to, you know, they're trying, definitely trying to save money in terms of not building out as much backend. And look, Andrew Williams actually has a good cost, uh, comment. He says, with CASA, they are likely to be high net worth. Um, CASA leak is a huge fail, and Swan should get their shit together too. Yeah, Swan is getting their shit together. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this, is, this, is some, this is some bad news, man. But... Again, I'm big fans of those companies. Uh, I like what Casa's doing. I love what Swan is doing. But uh, but yeah, this is uh, guys. We we always told you from the very beginning. Simply Bitcoin censors themselves to no one. We always promise you guys that we'll tell you the yeah, truth. Nico, before we truth. go on and, and roll this one out, I, I want to echo this, guys. You need to reread Nick Zabo's third parties are security hole to remind yourself that third parties are a security hole. Yeah. So. 
at the end of this, I think that, you know, this is a hard learning experience. If you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. And I do like the fact that Nick Newman, Casa CEO, got ahead of it. And I do like the fact that Corey Clipston, CEO of Swan, also, he was actually one of the first to admit, hey, look, this is what happened. So I look, I like the fact that they took responsibility. A lot of other companies, especially the shitcoin companies, don't do that. So at least there's a bright side to this. But yeah, it still sucks. Anyways, I also want to give a shout out to our awesome clothing sponsor, RepresentLTD.com. They make the most comfortable, stylish hoodies. Opti and I are wearing them. I'm wearing the camo represent hoodie. Opti's wearing the green hoodie. It's stylish. It's comfortable. You definitely want to put it on. I, I promise if you buy yourself one of these hoodies, you'll understand what I'm talking about. They're making Simply Bitcoin merch. They're making Bitcoin merch. They've made Bitcoin merch. You definitely want to go check out representltd.com and you can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 10% off. Guys, that was our show. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Simply Bitcoin Live. So we are going to make mistakes because it is a live show, but at least that adds to the authenticity of the show, which before in the pre-recorded show, I took all of that out. It really helps us, especially if you found this content valuable to you, really helps us if you leave a comment, if you smash the like button, and if you really, really like this channel, if you really like this content, it really helps us if you subscribed. I also wanna give a shout out to Jacob from Swan, Jacob the producer from Swan Bitcoin. He helps us host the Twitter spaces, which Opti is gonna be there in a little bit. We we host the spaces all the way to two o'clock. And I also want to give a shout out to Hans. He helps us with the research. Shout out to you, brother. Also check out Sats for Life. He is the new Simply Bitcoin writer. Check out simplybitcoin.news. That will take you to the Simply Bitcoin Substack. Guys, that was our show. We love you all. We'll be back for the Saturday special. We have some very interesting things that we're going to cover. The weekend episodes are a little slow, but we cover subjects that we don't have time to cover uh, cover on or cover during the week. So anyways, guys, we will see you on the next episode of Simply Bitcoin. Which one's the best crypto asset? Well, Bitcoin's the best crypto asset. Okay. What's the second best? There is no second best. <laughs>